time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Monday, May 2nd, 2022. And I've got joining me on this podcast. We're going to start seeing him come front and center a little bit more is Jack Nunnery. Jack, good to have you on here as a co-host. Appreciate you being here, friend. Good to be here. Yeah, it's good. And this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're grateful to have you as our listener. Had a lot of feedback in this last week. Again, all positive about how this is one of the main ways you find out all that's going on. Get a lot of comments on all the segments. So thank you all for contacting me. I appreciate that. I kind of needed that a little bit recently. I don't know why. I need a little encouragement in that, but it's so good. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. In this week's Hot Topic segment, we have someone that I just really enjoy as a human being, Kristen Meserly. She's Vice President of Strategy and Financial Services at Experience.com. We're going to be talking about some of the strategies top performers and loan officers share to differentiate themselves from others and their customers using experience and well as some of the characteristics of next-gen home buyers. Really what we're going to be also talking about is late last week, they announced who received the awards of the experience. So very good, the experience awards. So we're going to be talking about that. So stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment. Kristen will be joining us, and it'll be so good. Looking forward to having her here. First of all, check out all of the industry syndicate podcasts that are out there. I appreciate it very much when you check and give us feedback on all these podcasts. We're proud to be a part of Industry Syndicate. There's many podcasts out there you can listen to that they host, and we're pleased to be a part of it. But anyway, thank you to our sponsors, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Spinastra for their Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. They do a great job of helping you connect with consumers in a unique way and sharing all information in one platform with open APIs out to everyone else. That's a big issue. How can you connect all these desperate participants that are out there and connect them together. Finastra's got the solutions with their open APIs. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops, do a great job of helping lenders and vendors get together in a more intimate setting and does not replace the MBA. You hear me saying that all the time. You need to be a member of the MBA, attending the annual conferences. But if you're looking for a deeper connection with some of those peers in the industry that are facing and encountering some of the same issues you are, you need to become a member of Lenders One or the Mortgage Collaborative or better yet, both of them. Also, Total Expert. I tell you, I love what these guys are doing. They turn customer insights into actionable items and they increase loyalty and drive growth for banks, lenders, credit unions, financial institutions. Go listen to the vision that Joe Wellu laid out on March 4th when we interviewed him. Also, Knowledge Coop. Ken Perry, it's a great learning management system, LMS, that will help you communicate to your people. Also, the Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, along with Modex, do a great job in helping you support your recruiting process by getting to facts and not hyperbole. Anyway, SnapDoc, digitizing the mortgage closings and creating a better experience for your closing team and more importantly, for your borrowers. Check out SnapDocs. Listen to the vision that Brianna Ings talked about in her interview on March 28th. Now, I love Success Kit because what they do to help us tell our story. If you're sharing your story, what do you do as a company? How do you help people? 
you've got to go check out what successkit.io can do for you. They help you share your story in a way that is compelling and it's told in a third-party manner and uh, very effective. And so check out some of the ones. We'll be happy to share some of the ones we're doing if you're interested with our consulting firm, Transformational Mortgage Solutions. And I am so pleased with the results. Also, Lender Toolkit. When you look at all the tools that Lender Toolkit brings, all the technology they bring, the way they can help you streamline your business, I'm telling you, you'll get excited about it as many of our clients are who are using Lender Toolkit, as well as the form free. Again, Brent Chandler does a great job of innovating in new ways and they work closely with Fannie Mae. Check out the interview we did with Brent Chandler on February 28th. And then also Simple Nexus, grateful to have them as a sponsor. Listen to the interview we did with Lori Brewer on March 21st. And then also DW Consulting, Debbie Weemus does a great job of helping you get your LinkedIn profile set up in a manner that will represent you fairly when people are checking out you or your company. I'll say a special thank you to Rob Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack for their contributions each and every week. Without further ado, let's get right into it. We have as our special guest today on a hot topic segment of Looking on Lending, Kristen Meserly. Kristen is a leader in the industry, so it's really a joy to have her join us here in the podcast. She works at experience.com and we're talking about what strategies top performance are using to make a difference in working with other customers. And it's all tied to their annual top performers report. So Kristen, good to have you joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to share the results. Yeah. So let's get started. For those that do not know you, give us a little bit of a background on yourself and your journey in this industry. Sure. I have worked in this industry for about 10 years. Before that, I was a social worker working primarily in immigrant communities and started doing a bunch of financial literacy education, which resulted in me starting a business called Cultural Outreach, which is still going well. And I sold that to Tony at NAMBA last year and moved over to experience.com. So my passion has always been in understanding the voice of the customer and helping the industry better connect with young and diverse markets. So that's really kind of what I'm doing here as VP of strategy at experience.com. Well, we're thrilled to have you again. We're also honored at experience.com is announcing their winners of this year's awards on our podcast. We've done it now several years in a row. But tell us a little bit about what goes into this. We're looking at over 40,000 individual loan officers and 350 companies, and we're looking at everything from their survey completion rates, number of reviews, and then overall star rating. So, so going into the competition, the award is presented to the top 1%, and we have four categories of companies that also get awards from small, medium, large, and jumbo size originator. We should get into a little bit of what experience.com does. A lot of people know the company, but just so those that do not understand it, this is a service where you can use uh, experience.com and it is automatically pushed out to the borrower upon completion of the loan or funding that you get a survey request back. Is that correct, Kristen? And that's how companies, uh, a lot of people know us as social survey. Uh, we mm -hmm. rebranded about a year ago to experience.com, but as social survey, we were known for that post-closed survey, and that's definitely consistent across our customers, but we also now automate the collection of feedback at other touch points to really build out that mm, overall good. measuring the customer experience, like post-application or at, at any meaningful touch point. Very good. Jack, let's get over to you. Oh, Chris, so good to have you on the podcast. With interest rates rising, the market contracting, I think this is a very timely topic. My question would be, what are some of the strategies that top performing loan officers 
share that differentiate them from others in the landscape of customer experience? So I interviewed most of our top 10 loan officers and also our company winners. But in the loan officer interviews, what was really interesting was that across the board, every single one of them mentioned communication as a big part of what builds their great customer experience. All of them talked about being responsive. A lot of them talked about how they pick up their phone and they always have someone manning the phone. Even if it's not them, they have someone on their team that is making sure that they're available on weekends and evenings. Kind of communication and responsiveness was really key. Another one was just providing a streamlined process across the team. But what I think was cool was looking at even the company responders were talking about how it's not just one point in the process that they're focused on. They're really looking at their overall customer experience from the moment someone is referred and they Google search their name, what kind of experience are they getting there? What kind of experience do they have through the application, the kind of technology that's used? Uh, and then overall, just the kind of responsiveness and communication that they received from the individuals that they spoke with. When you look at the responses that you're getting, I think this is really helpful for the lender to begin to adjust their processes. And I want to get over to Alice and get some more perspective on what you're doing. Well, it sounds so interesting. So as they streamline this process and review that customer experience, can you share with us with what some of the top performing companies have in common? Yeah, so similar to the loan officers, they talked about this from a higher level of how they're empowering their employees to deliver that kind of experience. So they all talked about how they want to make sure that their employees feel that they are in a culture of customer-centric. Actually, one of our winners was Finance of America in a jumbo-sized winner, and we interviewed Mike Farr, their president of retail, and he talked about how they're measuring their success, but not just by their volume, but by the financial health and success of their customers. And I just thought that was so powerful in the way that they talked about building a culture that's customer-centric, and it was really beyond the transaction. So they care about not just doing volume, they cared about making sure that their customers saw them as guides and advocates for them and that their employees understood that culture so that it it came from the top down. That is super exciting. It's interesting because those types of terms, that customer-centric, that's such an Amazon thing, right? They really kicked off that whole basonomics for all of us, and I just love it. So could you share with everyone how you look at the difference between customer satisfaction and that customer experience and why that matters? Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting some of the stuff that you guys were talking about earlier, how much that played into this, but I mean, you think about what customers expect today, and it is that kind of quick response, and Amazon really set the tone, and a lot of these other big companies set the tone for that, Um, especially for next-gen consumers who really entered adulthood with that kind of expectation around any kind of customer experience. But when it comes to satisfaction versus experience, I think it's really important to recognize that Satisfaction is their experience within a moment. It's measuring how the customer feels about the experience with an individual or with a company, but the experience is looking at the entire customer journey. And I think that that's something that we're shifting to, and I think it's a really a good shift that we're making as an industry to look beyond just the transaction 
And especially as rates have gone up and we are looking a lot more closely at the purchase market and how to capture that market, we have to look at what does the moment look like when a customer is first referred to you? What are they seeing? What is their experience that first consultation? What do they feel in the middle of the process when they haven't heard from somebody in a moment? All the way through closing and beyond closing, are they staying in touch with you? And a lot of customers today are not necessarily attached to their lender lifelong. I mean, we have one of the lowest return rates of customers and low customer loyalty. But I think that's a huge mistake, especially in a market where I think a lot of customers today are big advocates for the companies and brands that they care about. And that's a great method for a building referral business is just by looking at that overall customer experience. Alan, I want to get over to you. You are big into technology, examining it. You're familiar with Scott and the team there at experience.com, formerly known as Social Survey. And you think about this from a technology standpoint. Is there anything you have for uh, Christian? Yeah, well, Christian, first, thanks for being on the podcast. Some of my favorite people work at your company, so it's great to chat with you and talk about them and your company in general. Something that I think is really interesting, and we will never not focus on the point of sale, right, on customer experience. And for me is customer satisfaction is huge. How do you continue to look back and really understand, are you meeting the needs of your customers? People are different, right? People have different wants and needs in different markets. You may have to speak to them differently. So my big question for you is what really is the difference between customer satisfaction and customer experience and, and does it matter? Yeah, so I think to that point, what I was speaking about earlier, just understanding the difference between a specific moment and the overall customer journey. That was what a lot of companies were talking about whenever I was interviewing them about what made them a top performer. And they often talked about looking at the overall customer experience. And I did a survey with over 3,000 next-gen homebuyers. So looking at this from the consumer perspective specifically, a lot of them said that their biggest pain points were around trust and a lack of understanding or a lack of confidence. And all of these companies and top performers, some of the things that they had in common were just looking at how did they build that trust and confidence throughout the process so that they were building that into the overall customer experience. Again, not just looking at only the point of sale or only that moment someone Googles you or only at closing but looking at how did we build in this culture in our employees and our customers. That's fascinating. Did you get some insights as a result of the survey that you produce? Did you have results that you put out as to how some best practices or better practices that people can adopt? Yeah, Yeah. so I thought this was cool because over the last two years, I, again, collected over 3,000 responses from people under the age of 37, asking them, what was your experience like in starting to buy a home or recently buying? Mm. And it was interesting how much that matched up with now looking at the results of our top performers. So all of them talked about responsiveness being a really important factor. Everyone talked about personalization being important. So just feeling like they are understanding and feeling empowered with the information for their own personal situation. But some of the characteristics and traits that I thought, again, that I was mentioning around the customer experience and how consumers are approaching the process were also interesting. Um, Like I said, trust and confidence and education were huge aspects of this. But a few stats from that, one in four said that lack of understanding was one of their biggest barriers. One in five said lack of confidence. And then This one was really surprising to me, but two in three said that they didn't find lenders trustworthy or reliable. Interesting. And I think that, yeah, and these are people that are already in the market. These aren't even people that 
have decided not to buy a home yet. So if that many people are feeling that kind of distrust and lack of confidence, I think it just goes to the point of how do we create a sense of safety and education in the overall culture and customer experience for consumers today. Okay, so we know that borrowers are responding favorably to some of the top performer strategies that we've discussed. Let's talk about next-gen borrowers. What really matters to them during the customer experience journey? Yeah, I think that what really matters is that they feel that they can trust the lenders that they're working with. So as I was mentioning, trust being a huge factor, education, just over 50% said that they had a good experience with their loan officer, which means that a lot of people didn't have a good experience. And I think a lot of that comes down to them feeling empowered with information to make smart decisions for themselves. So instead of if there's this much distrust and this much of a a lack of education, we know that there's a huge financial literacy gap in this market as well. I think what people are really looking for is someone that can help to personalize an experience in a way that helps them feel that they understand their financial situation and they're making a smart decision around buying a home. So that's where there is a lot of technology and a, a great process that these companies are putting together to help them feel empowered while their loan officers can provide that guidance throughout that journey. Fascinating to see the different ways this report and this service is is spinning out and helping people. One of the thoughts, you champion financial literacy by yourself and then pass that over to Tony, which I think is fabulous. I saw what you did. It was really, really good work. How is financial literacy playing into this? Are you getting some new clues in which we can help create greater financial literacy? Yeah. So I think one in five of the response responders said that they didn't have any confidence in any step of the home buying process. So one in four said the lack of understanding was a factor. And then one in five said confidence. So I think it's really both. And there's a lot of content out there about financial literacy in general and next gen or millennials are way below the average, below where generations were previously in terms of being able to answer basic financial literacy questions. But I think when it comes down to it, I feel like a lot of people in this generation just don't have anyone that's teaching them about financial literacy. And they may even have some basic financial literacy information, but they're not getting home buying information at all. There was one study that said that 23% of kids said that they don't talk to their parents about financial education at all. So they're not getting it from their parents. We're definitely not educating it at least very well in schools. I did a presentation once at Harvard Business School where no one in the room knew that you could put less than 20% down to buy a home. So even at the highest level of education, even in a business school, people don't have this kind of information. Yeah. So I think just providing that basic information. And I always talk about connecting with your communities, everyone you meet on social media, so that at least someone has a connection with someone that they can eventually know, like, and trust to be able to get that kind of information from them. But I think in this industry, we could be better leaders or build a culture around leadership in the overall financial wellness area, which leads people to build wealth through home ownership. And one of the things I like what you do is your next gen home buyer report. And I'd like to get some insights of the characteristics about the next gen home buyer that you can share with us from that report. Yeah. So I think I'm actually shared a few of those that I think are the most important here, but in looking at this generation, they're super, super skeptical, um, skeptical of the people that they're working with. They're skeptical that home ownership is going to be a good investment. They're concerned about not having enough information. So I think that 
that would be like the underlying factor in looking at this generation, which leads us to better understand that in reaching this generation, we have to build the connections and we have to build trust through the technology that we use, the products that we offer, the kind of uh, awareness and education that's delivered throughout the process. So kind of going back to that overall customer experience, mm -hmm. how do we build trust and information throughout that process? Alice, any questions you have as we get ready to wrap this up? Anything that come to mind? Well, I just found all that very interesting that for all the information that's on the internet and mm -hmm. that the next gen isn't going there to get that information. And even Alan just talked about Fannie Mae's home view, all kinds of home buyer education there. I mean, you can get an app for anything related to saving and buying for a home. I found that fascinating that you were still finding that people didn't feel they have the resources. And then I think the second thing was about the lack of trust. That It's funny, we that were just talking really, about that earlier yeah. today on what it takes to build trust and the trust equation and all that. Do you have any suggestions for how to reach that group in this way? It's all out there. It's a matter of, yeah. I guess, maybe trying to find a way to get it in front of them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I want to go back to address the online situation. I mean, 98% of our responders said that they start their search online, and that's consistent with all the research out there. Everyone goes online first, but the interviews I've done with people say that they pull back. They go online, they feel very overwhelmed with the amount of information, and it's not necessarily personalized to their situation. So even when I was going through this process a year ago, and I bought a home before, but I still felt like, oh, I, am I making the wrong decision? And there's just so much anxiety around this, and it's so much complexity that people pull back. So they start their search there. They do go to friends and family for referrals, but they then go back to Google to search those referrals. And then one thing that was interesting was that social media and video played a big factor in where they go for information about personal finance. So 74% of our respondents said that they go to YouTube for personal finance information. And actually, and this was back in September, 12% said they go to TikTok for personal finance information, wow. um, which I thought was really interesting. I'm sure it's only risen since then. But in looking at that, I mean, people are, are consuming information over video, and they're going to their social networks, and they're validating information online. So I think that if we look at our top performers, the number one thing to keep in mind is looking at how you're responding to your consumers and building out that customer experience from point zero to all the way through beyond the transaction. But if you look at this data, I think one way to nurture leads and pull in leads is to leverage video and leverage social media and online reviews to help validate that information once they get the referral to you. Jack? I think the pieces of the puzzle are beginning to fit for me, Kristen. You talk about trust, you talk about financial literacy, and I go back to at the beginning of this conversation, and you were talking about the client or consumer experience that FAM is building, right? Where they're working with the customer to help them understand the transaction, understand their financial health, it now seems to fit that we need to change mindset that this is not a transaction, this is a journey, and a lot more emphasis needs to be placed on the front end part of this journey with regards to raising the financial literacy of the borrower and working in a manner that is consistent with helping them benefit 
from a financial perspective for this most important transaction that they're undertaking. So thank you. I see the pieces of the puzzle fitting together now. Yeah, and one thing Envoy mentioned that they were a large lender award winner, how they're leveraging other debt their consumers have. They're diving deep into their customers' needs at the start of the consultation. To your point, I mean, we talked a lot about before the consultation, but even starting from the beginning, if you set yourself up as someone who's going to forever be there for them as a guide through their process of building wealth through home ownership, they'll become your best advocates. They will send everyone that they know, love, and care about to you because they believe you and trust you in what feels like a fairly dark space to them. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about experience.com. How can people get signed up for this service? And then also, is this report an additional fee? A couple of questions came in from our listeners about that. Is this the report published in the domain out there in, in the web or... How can I get a copy of it? So you can find out about our top performers on our website at experience.com, but we will be dripping out a lot of these interviews over social media over the next few days. So definitely follow us on experience.com on social media. You can find the Next Gen Home Buyer Report on my personal website, which is crystalmesserly.com. All of that, the last couple of years of reports there are available on the research tab. And I will be working with experience.com to create new research this year that will encompass the next gen home buyer as well as other demographics. So just keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, if you're interested in leveraging experience.com, we have a broker service available for free and you can sign up if you go to the experience.com slash brokers. Or if you are a company, then you can contact me directly. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn or just go to our website at experience.com and sign up for a demo. Good job. Well, I encourage you to do so. Nikki just shot a note to me saying, hey, it's also on our website. The, the link to the write-up, the Home Buyer Report, is also on our website. So go over to Licking on Lending, go to today's segment, and you'll see a link, Next Gen Home Buyer Report. It's a hyperlink. It's written right there. Click on it. And you'll get access to it. I encourage you to go check out this company, folks. They do a great job of helping you get feedback, not just on a few. We always hear from the problem borrowers. It's the ones that we have so many that are pleased with the service that we overall do, even though it sounds like we have some work to do based on this report, Kristen, but it is overall, we do a good job. But unless you're using a service like this, you got to get signed up with experience.com. So that's just a shameless plug right in for your company. I love what you do. Thank you so much for being with us, Kristen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. We're going to be continuing next week. Our focus is going to continue talking about marketing, what you can do to get intelligence of what's going on, and then what do you do with it. We've got Josh Lair coming on with Total Expert next week as our special guest. That wraps up this week's podcast. We are thrilled to have you as listeners. Thank you so much. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra Lenders one mobility MMI Modex, the MBA Knowledge Cube, the Mortgage Collaborative Snap Doc Success Kit, Lender Toolkit, Total Expert, Form Free, and Simple Nexus. Have a great week, everybody, and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.